This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today, I'm here to share with you the top four questions from an editor's and publisher's Ask Me Anything AMA. First off, happy summer solstice. Hopefully, you know, it'll stop being quite so hot. Um, but anyway, at Balticon 52, I had the opportunity to attend an AMA panel of editors and publishers. Usually in my panel notes, this is the part where I skim over the panelists to get to the meat. But in this case, I feel their expertise was part of the draw. So with no further ado, the publishers and editors in question. First up, Walt Boys, an award-winning journalist, writer, and editor of the Industrial Automation Insider, the Grantville Gazette, the magazine of the 1632 universe, co-editor of Eric Flint's Ring of Fire Press, and a member of the 1632 editorial board. Second, we have Scott H. Andrews, a writer, musician, and the editor-in-chief and publisher of the online fantasy magazine Beneath Ceaseless Skies. He's a six-time Hugo Award finalist and, with his podcast, a five-time Parsec Award finalist. Fun fact, he always gives personalized rejections. Okay, out of context, that, that actually kind of sounds pathetic. But if you're in the querying trenches, you know what that's worth. Third, we have Neil Clark, the editor and publisher of the Hugo and World Fantasy Award-winning magazine, Clark's World. Next, Ian Randall Strock, a writer, plus the owner and editor-in-chief of Gray Rabbit Publications slash Fantastic Books. Previously, he edited and published Artemis Magazine and SF Scope. He also worked on the editorial staff of Analog, Asimov's, Science Fiction Chronicle, and many others. Finally, last but not least, the panel was moderated by Jeff Young, an award-winning author, bookseller, and editor of several anthologies. So let's get this rolling. Here were the top four questions from the panel. First, of course, what is your biggest pet peeve? The top three answers were one, zombie stories. They've been done to past death. Two, writers who don't read the guidelines. I might have mentioned this one a couple times. And three, writers who argue with critiques. Even if you disagree with the critique or the suggestion, don't argue with someone who spent their time and energy to give you feedback. Give that section of your prose a closer look. Is it moving the story along? What is it adding? And could you do it better? Maybe not necessarily the way they suggested. Second question from the panel, should a writer use different names for different genres? As with all writing advice, it depends on the situation. If you're doing your own marketing, starting over with a new name doubles the amount of work you're gonna have to do to get traction. 
But if you're with a large editor and publisher, it can definitely be helpful for marketing. That said, of course, there are caveats. You can end up shelved in the library or bookstore alongside whatever genre you first published in. And if you're doing both children's books and explicit erotica, it can be helpful to use a different name so kids don't end up with a book they probably didn't mean to get. Um, regarding publishing names in general, when choosing which name to be published under, birth name or pen name, searchability reigns supreme. You want to be high in the search results, but also easy to spell and remember. Simplified spelling, middle initials, mining family names, or deciding who you want to be shelved next to are good places to start. Third question, how has the market changed in the last 10 years? Well, the answers were the top three ways that the market has changed is one, more exploring of the human condition in fantasy. A lot of exploration in this is reactionary though, which has a shorter shelf life. But my personal feeling is it might be more overt, but I'd argue that fantasy has always explored the human condition. Second answer, the rise in the respectability of online magazines. And third, massive growth in international markets. And the final question, where do querying writers lose you? So there was a lot of discussion on this one. Um, so I'm gonna break this into two sections. First, the top three high level answers were when I quit caring, if you make it work to follow the narrative and if they don't remember anything about the story the next day. Note, this editor said that the bad stories also blur together. They don't typically remember them. So if he sent them something really bad a couple of years ago, it, it's probably not taking up space in their brain. They're probably not laughing about it to their friends. Feel free to send something new. They, they won't hold it against you. And the other group of um, answers for this section that I wanted to share are the top four things that break their buy-in. So one, the red line of death, where they stop reading, boredom, implausibility, names that don't fit the setting, either character names or place, etc. Second answer was implausibility in general where emotions are explicit rather than undercurrents. You don't have to be obvious and spell everything out. People don't do that in the real world. The third thing that broke their buy-in, external commentary, even by like a narrator, if only I'd known then, etc. Much less aside to the audience. Um, and finally, a character doing something so stupid or out of character that it just doesn't make sense for the character. And that's it. The top four questions from the Ask Me Anything with publishers and editors. I always find getting an insider perspective on the industry enlightening. Hopefully these answers help you as much as they've helped me. And that's all for today. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, 
hit that subscribe button and share it with all your friends. It goes a long way towards helping people find me. And I'll be back again next Monday with more writing tips and writerly musings. Bye-bye.